0: Thank you for joining us. We are Finding God in Video Games, and in today's episode, we are taking a look at Breaking the Game and the Beating of a Donkey. Um, Okay, so (laughs) I don't write the titles, okay? I just read them, so I'm not really sure what that means. It will all make sense. I momentarily. guess we'll find out yeah, well, in, a, we'll find in out. a few minutes, but <laughs> these will tether together in a meaningful way. I and hope I, so. I promise um, if you're a PETA member or something, no donkeys will actually be harmed at any oh, point. God. We will, we will talk about a donkey that was harmed, oh. but it won't, it won't, it wasn't us. It was somebody else that did oh, it okay. and it wasn't, and it wasn't a good thing. And we're, we're not glad that it occurred, but we're, let's, we'll get to that momentarily. Okay. I just, I don't want someone to be like, what do you mean about beating donkeys? We are not advocates. Beating donkeys here at Finding God in video games. We we <laughs> think donkeys not. are just fine. So <laughs> we'll Jeez. get into the, the, the breaking the game portion of this and yes, what let's. we're what we're referring to here. So I can't quite put my finger on why this is true, but for as long as video games have existed, gamers have been committed to finding a way to break them. Not in a mm-hmm. physical sense. I'm not talking about like smashing the game. With the exception of two worlds which which honestly deserve to yeah. be smashed yeah. and So I (laughs) I think that one, you know, and that landfill full of E.T. games, clearly those were smashed. There's only a handful of games that really deserve to be destroyed in that sense. But that's not what I'm talking about here. When I'm talking about breaking a game, talking about pushing beyond the boundaries of the game to explore what lies on the other side of where you were supposed to explore. You know, typically we do that in hopes of maybe finding some secrets in the game. Easter eggs. Levels that were maybe either cut from the game or perhaps these were levels that are intended to be found. Mm -hmm. Additional unexplored content. That's what I'm talking about. Escaping the walls that the developer created to keep the game on its design narrative path. And that's often part of the fun for many gamers, even if the rewards aren't always very, you know, rewarding. Now to be clear, there is a large difference between artificially trying to break the game as opposed to just, you know, fully exploring a game to unlock all of the developer's intentionally hidden easter eggs. You know, like if you're trying to find all the warp pipes in a Mario game or, you know, all the hidden skulls that are, you know, all around a Halo title, yeah. that's that's part of the fun. We're supposed to do that. That's a reward for those of us who search to find those. But finding a way to glitch outside of the playable space of the game and maybe getting trapped in some horrible video game limbo that doesn't allow you to either move forward or return to the original path, that can feel exciting at first until you realize there's no way back to the normal game that you just escaped from. The first time I experienced this as a gamer was the infamous Minus World, you know, in the original Super Mario Brothers on the Nintendo Entertainment System. We didn't have, you know, YouTube and stuff back then, so you found out about ways to break games just through talking to your friends. And after multiple attempts of going home and painstakingly trying to recreate this exploit in the game that I'd learned about from one of these friends, I actually did it. I broke the correct blocks, did the jump while squatting, I glitched through the wall, I went down the warp pipe, and I went to the mysterious world minus one. The negative world. I had accessed a forbidden underwater level that was, well, actually it was just an unending water level. <laughs> there was, there's no escape from the negative world. There weren't any special powers you could gain. All you actually could do was swim around until the timer ran out, and then you died. I would, <laughs> and I, and I was sure maybe there was, maybe there's more secrets here, right? So I'd swim frantically towards the end. I would try collecting all of the coins. I try to find. Anything that looked like it was out of place, hoping that maybe there was, you know, a purpose to this magical detour that I'd found myself in. But it was to no avail. All of my efforts to break free of the story did not lead to some incredible wonderland of infinite possibilities. It led to a never-ending level with no escape that ultimately served no purpose, (laughs) except, I guess, to strand those who went searching for it. And the cost of this... Oh, you know, just my life, which is fine if you have lives to spare, but if you only have one life, it's, you know, it's a pretty high price to pay. There's another reason that both gamers as well as non-gamers struggle to resist the siren call to break the game. You know, we are all inherently compelled to forge our own path in life and make our own choices. Even when the path we were designed to walk on is clearly and obviously laying in front of us, I mean, I who who even figured out that you'd have to smash these random blocks, do a squatting jump, and then phase through a wall all to go to a place that doesn't serve any purpose whatsoever? Like, you'd, <laughs> what were you doing out, right? to figure that? I don't even know. Obviously, it was designed by someone at some point, and maybe it was left in there. I'm not sure what the purpose of that was. That might be an interesting article of its own. But we all like to to, color outside the lines a little bit. We love our autonomy so much. The first time that we, as humanity, were given a choice on something as simple as what we were going to eat we literally chose the only thing we were told not to eat. <laughs> right. See that story in Genesis 3 with Adam and Eve? I mean, why do we do it? I mean, I suppose we do it in our games for the same reason we do it in our regular lives. We want to know if there are more choices available to us than what we see. I mean, think about it. A game can be filled with 300 hours of content and we will still continue to try to climb every unscalable mountain and break down every wall in an effort to try to find ways to access areas beyond the map. No matter how much we have already been given and all the possibilities that are presented to us as explorable options, we are always looking for a way around it even if we don't have any idea what is waiting for us on the other side. And this curiosity to explore beyond the confines of what we were clearly told to do can come with some very gnarly side effects. Now, the cautionary tale of Balaam is one of the most interesting case studies for this exact breaking the game dilemma in the Bible. This is the tale of a man who would simply not accept the obvious and clear direction he was receiving from the Lord. And he desperately tried to find a workaround, looking for any game-breaking glitch he could find that would allow him to write his own narrative. You find his story in Numbers chapter 22. Start at verse 5. Then Balak sent messengers to Balaam, which is he was living near the river of the land of the sons of his people, and called him and said, Look, A people has come from Egypt. These were actually the Israelites. They just escaped. See, they cover the face of the earth and are settling next to me. Therefore, please come at once. Curse this people for me, for they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land. For I know that he whom you bless is blessed and he who you curse is cursed. So the elders of Moab, the elders of Midian departed with a diviner's fee in their hand. And they came to Balaam and they spoke those words to him from Balak. And he said, Balaam said to them, lodge here tonight and I will bring back word to you as the Lord speaks to me. So the princes of Moab stayed with Balaam and God came to Balaam and said, who are these men with you? So Balaam said, Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent to me saying, look, a people has come out of Egypt. They cover the face of the earth. Come now, curse them for me. Perhaps I shall be able to overpower them and drive them out. And God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people for they are blessed. You shall not pass go. You shall not collect $200. Okay. Well, the last part wasn't in there. Maybe that was in the message version of the Bible, but that's that's, that's, (laughs) the story here seems pretty straightforward. Do not go with these guys. Do not curse the people. But while Balaam obeys this command, at least for now, it is clear he is not really thrilled with this direction. As he complains to his newfound friends, God won't let me come outside and play with you guys. Well, he says it a little different. If you look in Numbers 22, verses 13 through 19, Balaam rose in the morning and he said to the princes, Go back to your land, for the Lord has refused to give me permission to go with you. So the princes of Moab rose, went to Balak, and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. Then Balak again sent princes, more numerous and more honorable than the last. And they came to Balaam and said, Thus says Balak, Please let nothing hinder you from coming to me, for I will certainly honor you greatly. I will do whatever you say to me. Therefore, please come curse this people for me. Then Balaam answered and said to the servants of Balak, Though he were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. Now, therefore, please, you also stay here tonight, that I may know what more the Lord will say to me. Balaam had already been told no. There's really no way that it could have been in (laughs) any way misconstrued or misunderstood. It was made completely clear to him that this action was outside of God's will. You're not going to get to curse these people. They're kind of the most blessed people in the history of all time. That's, That's kind of their gig. But Balaam continued to ask God if he can go anyways. And while the Lord does indeed permit Balaam to proceed down this disobedient path, he's clearly not thrilled that Balaam is so insistent on this course of action. And when we force ourselves out of God's perfect will for our lives and choose to stubbornly forge our own path, we can deceive ourselves into believing that the Lord allowing us to do something is equivalent to his blessing. Well, let's see where this course of action ends up taking Balaam. Now, if you are averse to stories about donkeys, now this is this is the donkey beating part of the story. <laughs> donkey beating. Part. Yes. See where it's coming full circle now. This is where the donkey gets involved. I told you that was coming. You just had to be patient with us. <laughs> Continuing in Numbers 22, we're at verse 21 now. So Balaam rose in the morning. He saddled his donkey and he went with the princes of Moab. Then God's anger was aroused because he went. And the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him. As he was riding on his donkey and his two servants were with him, the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand. The Donkey turned aside out of the way and went into a field. Pretty smart donkey. So Balaam struck the donkey to turn her back onto the road. The angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vineyards, with a wall on this side and a wall on the other side. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pushed herself against the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. Then the angel of the Lord went further, stood in a narrow place, where there was no way to turn, either to the right hand or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she laid down under Balaam. So Balaam's anger was aroused, and he struck the donkey with his staff. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey, and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? <laughs> you know, when a donkey is the voice of reason in a story, <laughs> that is never a good sign. I mean, this, this donkey is literally the only person seen clearly in this entire circumstance. Balaam had made a decision to walk outside of the Lord's will for his life, and as a result, he couldn't even perceive the exceptional level of danger he was in. Blinded by his ambition and his greed, Balaam had pushed beyond the guardrails that had been created for his protection and dropped into a dangerous minus world that had no escape. Balaam couldn't perceive how precarious his situation was, and when he was confronted by his inability to pursue the path he had chosen, he lashed out in a fit of rage at the only being that could actually see how much danger he was in. We'll continue verses 30 through 33. The donkey said to Balaam, donkey is still talking here. I'm kind of confused why, why Balaam is is continuing here, but let's, let's go. So the donkey said, "'Am I not your donkey on which you have ridden ever since I became yours to this day? Was I ever disposed to do this to you?' And Balaam said, "'No.' Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand.' And he bowed his head and fell flat on his face. (laughs) The angel of the Lord said, Why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out to stand against you, because your way is perverse before me. The donkey saw me and turned aside from me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, surely I also would have killed you by now and let her live snacks well i I feel the need to pause and point out that Balaam is so obsessed with pursuing this path he stops to have a full-on conversation with his donkey in the middle of the road and and and, and it's not just a conversation like they're talking back and forth and the donkey is winning the argument with sound logic just want to point that out and as humorous as that sounds the reality is, when we choose to reject the wisdom of the Lord and attempt to follow our own moral compass instead, we will quickly find ourselves in arguments and conversations that are just as nonsensical. Now, too many times in my life, I have found myself stubbornly insisting that I knew what was best and quoting portions of verses out of context, you know, like, the Lord wants to give me the desires of my heart breaking down bricks, pushing past walls, trying to jump through things that I believed were hindering me. I was more like Balaam than I want to admit, and, if, and everyone else could see it, everyone but me. Rather than taking a deeper look at the flawed choices he was making and where that had gotten him, Balaam tried to force his way into what he wanted by beating his donkey into submission. Balaam was willing to break the game to go where he thought an oasis of pleasure was waiting for him. But that path had been blocked off and guarded for a reason. A comfortable life of fame and fortune was not waiting for him on the other side of this journey. Continuing down this path would ultimately lead him outside of the will of God permanently. And Balaam's story would eventually come to a very tragic end when he perished at the hands of the very people he had been commanded to bless. Joshua 13.22 captures the end of Balaam's story. Now, I know this, this whole thing may sound odd, but just bear with me for one more moment. What is the donkey that we are currently beating in our lives? You know, the thing that is clearly not the Lord's will for us but we're trying to make it happen anyways. What has he clearly said no to, either through the scriptures or his conviction in our hearts? But we keep asking for it regardless. While there are certainly walls we will face in life that the Lord commands us to march around until they fall, you see that with Joshua and the walls of Jericho, there are also walls that are designed by him to keep us on the straight and narrow path. And it is only through a combination of studying his word and following the leading of his spirit in us that we will be able to discern the difference. In our video games, barriers exist for a reason. They protect the game experience. They ensure it plays exactly as it was intended. Oftentimes, There is nothing on the other side of the mountain because the developer didn't make anything for us to interact with beyond that point. We're not supposed to be over there. They don't normally even bother painting the other side of the mountain. Why would you? Nobody's supposed to see it. And other times, the new adventure that we find on the other side of those broken bricks, it's nothing more than an endless loop. A pointless swimming in a world that goes nowhere and serves no actual purpose. Here is the lesson that Balaam failed to learn. The messages from the Lord and the actions of the donkey that prevented him from doing what he wanted to do, they were not there to restrict him, but to protect him. Nothing good was waiting for him on the other side of that bridge, and the Lord knew that. In his stubbornness, Balaam persisted in his mistaken belief that he could have his cake and eat it too, and in the end, he found that the cake he was pursuing turned out to be a portal-sized lie. And if I'm being honest, many times in our lives, it can be difficult to tell the difference between prayerfully battling against the obstacles of our enemy and trying to stubbornly force our own will into God's plan for our lives. But as we see in the case of Saul in the book of Acts, the Lord will always faithfully shine a light and let us know if we are pursuing the wrong path And it is up to us to make the decision on if we will listen to his guidance and reverse course or continue on a path that only leads to disappointment. In Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 6, we see the story of Saul. It says, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him. So that he could, if he found anyone who was of the way, meaning the way of following Christ, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Saul fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus who you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. So he, Paul, well, Saul at this point, but he's about to be Paul, trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Two different men, Balaam and Saul, both on a mission to bring curses and destruction on a group of people that the Lord was determined to bless. One responded to the Lord's direction, obeyed what he was told, and went on to become the man we know as the Apostle Paul. Happens to be the greatest missionary to ever live. The other, Balaam, became a sad footnote in history and a reminder that if we are arguing with a donkey about God's will for our life, it's likely that we are the one who is actually the stubborn donkey in our own story. As the developer of our lives, the Lord has a very specific plan for our path, some of which may be obviously to our benefit, and other areas that may seem hard to understand with our limited view of this plane of existence, but he's not trying to restrict our happiness or progress. He came so our lives could be full of joy and fulfillment, but we can't get there by trying to break the game, forcing what we want into our reality, and finding ways around his will, into areas that we were never meant to explore. He has promised to direct the paths of all of his children, but it is up to us to listen to his direction, put down that stick, probably apologize to that donkey too. Breaking the game may lead to new places, but it never leads to the places that we hoped that they would. The Lord has a specific path for each of us, and no two paths are identical. But these paths will all end up in the same victorious place if we are faithful to lean on his understanding instead of our own. We'll finish with a reading from Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. We truly hope that this has encouraged you today. And if you would like to connect with us or check out some of our other content, such as our videos, articles, daily devotionals, and gaming streams, we can be found on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok.